Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Der Ausblick, where today we will be talking about Tuesday's upcoming match, Der Klassiker, one of the biggest matches in all of German soccer, not only for the fixture itself, but what it means with a couple of games to go in the league and the placement of these two teams on the table sitting one and two. I am joined today, given the special occasion, by both Tom Adams and Chuck Smith. Guys, are you ready to get into this? Let's do it, Jake. I am ready to go. 100%. Can't wait. Nothing but football and smiles on this rainy day in Connecticut. Absolutely. So let's start off by talking about Borussia Dortmund, second place in the league, 17 wins, six draws, four losses, 57 points total for them. Their most recent match, a 2-0 win over Wolfsburg. Some phenomenal performances, specifically from Rafael Guerrero and Ashraf Hakimi, who both stepped up to provide the goals that gave them their win. Guys, have you seen the match? What were your thoughts on um, on the black and yellow performance? Jake, I've been lucky enough to watch uh, Dortmund the last two weeks, and I thought today was a little bit of a drop-off from where they were against Schalke last week. They weren't quite as fluid as they were last week. Uh, it was very choppy at times. They had a lot of trouble getting Holland, uh, Erling Holland, into the game, and, and I thought that uh, just overall from a strength standpoint – uh, they just didn't look as good. But that said, uh, Jaden Sancho didn't start. He came in as a substitute. And they did start to show flashes of what they're capable of as the game went on. And, and overall, I don't think at any point I was in any type of uh, fear that that Dortmund was going to collapse. They were in firm control. They just were not as sharp as they were last week. And I think for them, the important thing for this game was to just go in, put Wolfsburg away, and start to focus on Bayern, and I think they accomplished that. I definitely agree with Chuck there. They definitely were not uh, as good or as sharp as they were against Schalke, but you have to take everything into consideration. You know, There's no Axel Witzel, no Marco Royce, Mario Goethe didn't play uh, in either game, so you have to kind of give them a lot of credit for how well they've played collectively over the course of these two games in their restart. Uh, despite having some personnel issues. You know, I've been very impressed with Guerrero, Hakimi, Torgan Hazard, Julian Brandt with all the minutes they've been given in these opening two matches. For whatever reason, I feel as if affairs between Dortmund and Wolfsburg always get, like, super scrappy. <laughs> I think it pretty much, you know, tells the story. I think there was something like six, six or seven yellow cards in this match, uh, including a Felix Klaus straight red card after a VAR review. Uh, I thought he was a little bit harsh to get that red card. I thought he was generally going for the ball, but nonetheless, you know, four of those yellow cards came from Wolfsburg. I think Ginchek, Schlager, Maximilian Arnold, John Brooks all went into the books, and I think that kind of describes the story of the game. It's always so scrappy when these two sides play each other for whatever reason. Um, so that kind of did disrupt, you know, the game that Dortmund wanted to play when you look at, you know, how sharp they were and how fluid they were against Schalke and the Riviera Derby winning 4-0. But um, again... I think that from a Dortmund perspective, they have to be happy with how well they've played co collectively over the two matches without the some of their big players, you know, with Sancho starting on the bench and both of these. Uh, from a Bayern perspective, a little bit worrying because uh, we're seeing how they're coping and adapting and they've played arguably uh, a set of better two opponents than we have in our opening two matches and they've had absolutely no problems um, and have kept two clean sheets, so... Uh, lots of things to focus on for Hansi Flick ahead of Dare Klassiker. One of the people that you mentioned was down and not featuring for this 
Borussia Dortmund side is their captain Marco Royce. He's been down on injuries. An injury that could potentially see him out for the remainder of this Bundesliga season. Guys, how major is the lack of impact from Royce going to be when it comes to this game? I think, you know, with Royce, the the biggest thing for him with Dortmund is he really is the heart and soul of that team. He's so respected in the, on that roster and the rest of the team really does look for him to lead. I think the difference between this year's Dortmund team and some of those teams from the past is they just have superior talent this season than they had in the previous couple. When you have Julian Brandt and you have Sancho and you have Erling Holland and you have Torgan Hazard, I mean, those are some superior players and that doesn't even count some of the experienced players that they have on defense. So I think, you know, in a normal year, I would already write Dortmund off if Royce was out. But this this Dortmund team has a little something extra in the tank. And I know Hummels went off today with a with an Achilles injury. And, and right at this point, Dortmund is hopeful that he'll return. But I, I think that the depth, the speed, and the overall talent on this roster still makes them a viable contender to Bayern on Tuesday, it's just going to be a matter of can they get out in front and really put the pressure on Byron and make them work. On a human level, you just kind of have to feel for Marco Royce. I mean, one of you two can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall a season he's had where he doesn't have an injury um, with at least a significant period of a layover. I mean, this guy has just been hampered with injuries throughout his whole career. Um, and from the neutrals perspective, you always want the title race to be uh, as tight as possible. Yes, from our perspective, uh, we're looking at this news when it came out uh, earlier this past week that he'd be out for Dirk Lasker and probably a uh, large portion of the rest of the season. We were licking our chops saying, all right, that that's amazing. You know, we obviously don't want to have him in the in the Dortmund lineup for the title run in. But as Chuck alluded to, there is on the overall balance much more talent on this Dortmund team than I think in seasons past. Thanks to guys like Haaland um, and obviously Torgan Hazard, Julian Brandt. The depth they have is just much greater than it has been in the past, and I think that that's going to benefit them in the, these final uh, seven matches, including Dare Classicer against us. Yes, it would help to have Royce, you know, that natural veteran, the leader, their captain, you know, especially in those decisive moments. Uh, I can remember pretty much all the uh, Dare Classickers in recent seasons. He seems to always get a, a yellow card for a rash decision um, and borderline getting a, a red card, so I'm not too sure if he if that's something that he would have been doing it had if he was going to be involved on Tuesday. But um, nonetheless, he'll be a massive miss. But as Chuck said, I don't think there's any issues as far as Dortmund's overall squad depth uh, to the point where they can't deal with this. But obviously, I hope we smash them on Tuesday and write them off. One of the players that could potentially come up to step in place of Marco Royce at least in that attacking role, is a young American by the name of Giovanni Reina. Now, one of the things that I've kind of taken issue with just as a general Bundesliga fan is how much the media has hyped up Gio Reina at the expense of the other American players on these rosters. I recently listened to a podcast where Gio Reina was talked about as the most exciting American playing overseas right now which is to completely discount the contributions of Christian Pulisic 
as well as Josh Sargent, Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, even players like Timmy Chandler and John Brooks who have put in consistently good performances over the last couple of months. So what I want to ask you guys is whether or not you think Gio Reyna is the best American playing overseas right now, and if not, who do you think is? Yeah, I, I, I get the hype with Reyna. I understand he's got a lot going for him with skill, speed, uh, bloodlines for sure. Uh, listen, he's a great talent, but I don't put him in the same stratosphere as a player like Pulisic by any means at this point. And I think it, it is kind of a disservice to players like Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and even Josh Sargent who have been in Europe and who have established themselves and are arguably in a lot tougher situations given the teams that they're on in competing for playing time and dealing with adversity. Uh, I mean, if you look at Sargent, I mean, that Werder Bremen team is a mess. Uh, RB Leipzig has had some considerable turnover. Their roster is kind of a revolving door at times, so Adams hasn't really had that stability you would like. And and McKenney is on Schalke, who is a roller coaster ride of a team. So, I mean, Reyna is in a great spot. I, I definitely wouldn't put him, uh, you know, any higher than those players, and certainly not as high as Pulisic. I 100% have to agree with Chuck there. You know, I think part of this. I think it was a DFB Pokal match against Werder Bremen where he had come on um, and made a big difference, I think, with a goal and an assist. And, you know, the big thing for me is going to be consistency, um, especially when you ask the question, is he the best American player playing in the Bundesliga? We have a bevy of players to choose from that I think, some of which have already shown uh, a bit more consistency over certain time spells. Yes, you have a guy like McKinney. He's been hampered with injury, as Chuck mentioned. His career with Schalke has been a bit of a roller coaster. Tyler Adams coming into RB Leipzig, uh, impressing early on, making a difference. Zach Steffen playing for Fortuna Dusseldorf. Unfortunately, he plays on a team where he gets absolutely peppered with shots, so his statistics might not, um, you know, cover himself in glory as far as the impact he's able to make, uh, both for Dusseldorf and the U.S. Men's National Team. But what I would just hate to happen uh, for a guy like Reyna especially given his name. You know, I, I I just wonder how much of this has to do with the whole Christian Pulisic coming through, Dortmund going off to the Premier League, um, playing for Chelsea, being the star of the U.S. men's national team. For Pulisic, I think after that pressure was put on him, you know, given his success at Borussia Dortmund, I think he kind of just felt the weight of the world on his shoulders um, in that qualification process. Uh, to try and get a bid in the 2018 World Cup in Russia, and we obviously all know what happened. You know, imploding, and you know, not even not even being able to get a draw against Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, it comes down to the entire qualifying process, but I personally think that mentally, uh, Pulisic had a very difficult time uh, recovering from that, and I think a huge, huge part of that stems from all the hype. You know, as we're discussing, and the pressure that was put on him because of his time um, at Dortmund. So I would definitely tread with caution as far as how much hype is put on Terena. You know, yes, we can applaud him for all of the uh, the positive things he does, but you don't want to get carried away with it because you don't want to put him in that same position. Moving on to Bayern Munich. The game that happened earlier today, the, we're recording this on a Saturday right after the 5-2 win over Eintracht Frankfurt. A hat trick for Martin Hinteregger, not exactly the one that he would have wanted to score, though. He had two interesting goals, one off of a corner that had 
somewhat poor defending. He was in between Benjamin Pavard and Robert Lewandowski, and he was not able to be accurately marked. The other one was just an interesting, like, absolute rocket into the corner for him. A great goal that kind of sparked a little bit of life into that side. What do you guys think caused that? Like, who do you think lapsed in concentration or what happened in terms of like finding space that led to those two things happening you know jake i think that part of this definitely goes back to the fact that you know this is just the second game and you know we're only a couple weeks into full team practices some of the communication issues just you know aren't there among the back line and and any of the other supporting players who are getting in on set pieces to help out so I definitely think that Hinteregger had taken advantage of some communication issues, maybe definitely some lax defending as well, but let's give him some credit as well. He's done this all season. He's found a way on set pieces to make things happen. Maybe people don't consider him a threat and they kind of ignore him, but he's made good use of those opportunities. But I think this is something that when they review the film, Hansi Flick will will be able to rectify and make sure that these types of opportunities don't happen against Dortmund. Hey, it's a real bizarre one for me, especially coming off of uh, playing against a team in Union Berlin who are so reliant on set pieces. You know, that was one of the biggest focal points that Bayern were addressing in the buildup to the Union Berlin game was, you know, making sure they don't give away the set pieces. You can go back and look at clips from the second half where, you know, we're defending in and around our own box. They're shouting, you know, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul, you know, because we don't want to give Union or didn't want to give, excuse me, Union that... Um, that possibility of whipping in a dangerous set piece. And it's, it's, I'm not necessarily sure there's some over glaring issue uh, on both of Hinteregger's, well, I should say the two goals that he scored for Frankfurt um, and not his own goal. You know, it just looks like, to me, it looked like uh, Adi Hutter had made some slight adjustments when he brought on, uh, I believe it was Timmy Chandler for Indica. I think he might have given instruction for you know, his wingbacks to spend more time forward. They kind of started off with five in the midfield. Um, and I think once they went 2-0 down, he wanted to uh, have tighter spaces. I noticed that Frankfurt started pressing higher up the pitch more so than they were uh, in the beginning of the game. And I think as a result, you saw the game become increasingly more open. Um, and that worked both ways. You know, Frankfurt left a lot of spaces in behind. There were a lot of Bayern counterattacks where, in my opinion, we should have done far better in the final third. Uh, Coman was one player I thought who you know oftentimes took a bit too long to decide what he wanted to do in the final third and you know on the other side of the coin Frankfurt had a lot of space uh, in Bayern's half and as a result they were winning a lot of corner kicks um, and a decent amount of set pieces in the area and I think on both corner kicks it's it was just a slight lapse in defending the first one um, for me is less ex- or excuse me more excusable uh, than the second I think Hinterega just got into a great bit of space on the second goal as you me- as Jake mentioned got between Pavard and Lewandowski out jumped them timed his jump better and there was nothing Neuer could do you know I'll take that goal if it's you know uh, an absolutely brilliant Hinterega header you know in a very very tight space but the first goal just that ball the initial botched clearance off of that corner kick just seemed to hang in the air forever and you know watching the replays it's just like Boateng uh, Alaba, Davies, everyone who was in that area was kind of just standing and watching the ball, I think, kind of half expecting Neuer to come out and, and collect, but he kind of hesitated, and Hinteregger had way too much time to, you know, watch the flight of the ball and decide what he wanted to do and put it into the bottom right corner with his left foot. Um, so I think 
Flick will definitely look at that and say, you know, that first clearance on the set pieces needs to be better because that's what resulted um, in that goal, which was, in my opinion, a bit of a fluke. The second one is a more conceivable goal. It's, you know, easy to accept, you know, a fine header against you, especially if a player gets into that that kind of space. But um, and I remember Hansi Flick saying, you know, guys, keep playing, keep playing, even after it went three two. So we'll go back to the drawing board. Definitely get those those uh, set pieces worked on and hopefully tightened up a lot for uh, Derek Klassiker. One of the things that I'm curious about is the performance of certain players who are recovering from injuries or of an older age. Specifically, the three players that I have in mind will be Robert Lewandowski, Jerome Boateng, and Ivan Perisic. Perisic and Boateng, as well as Lewandowski, they all started uh, this most recent game. An interesting decision, to say the very least. Uh, Perisic played for a good chunk of the game before being subbed off for Serge Gnabry. Uh, Robert Lewandowski played for the entire game, and Jerome Boateng was taken off late into the game for Luca Hernandez. What do you think Bayern's lack of using five substitutions will be on these players? Because, as we recall for that game against Union Berlin, they only used three subs, and this game they only used four. Yeah, I would really like to see Bayern sub more. I know that's... uh... It's easy to say when the team has, you know, five available substitutions per game and, you know, there's a veteran roster. I'm a little bit uh, confused as to why they have not, but it's really hard to question a lot of what Hansi Flick is doing because he's almost had nothing but success so far with Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, I like the opportunity to see Cuisance come on at the end of the game and, and give me all those stepovers, Cuisance. I loved it. He got a chance to show what he could do, and he took advantage of it. I was hoping to see a little bit more substitution substituting by Flick just to give those players who don't get that much time the opportunity to come out and prove themselves and also to rest players like Lewandowski and, and, and even Muller. I mean... Lewandowski is coming back from an injury, obviously, and and you want to see him out there and regaining his form. But at the same time, with Dortmund coming up on Tuesday, I would have been A-OK with a little more bench time uh, for the Polish hitman and also maybe a little more time for Jerome Boateng to recover. And maybe even players like David Alaba or Joshua Kimmich, who, who Kimmich, who players who don't really ever come off the field I don't think in this situation it would hurt to give those guys a rest and bring on some of your your younger talent and give them an opportunity, especially in a game that's 5-2. You know, I would have liked to have seen more subs from Hansi Flick. This match in particular, the Frankfurt match, I think, at least with the attacking players, the intent was, you know, saving your absolute grade A best team for their Klassiker um, in starting both Kingsley Coman uh, and Ivan Perisic. I'm curious to see what he's going to do with Goretzka. You know, next week, considering that he's played both matches um, and if he's going to utilize Muller in a central role, which I think we can agree he's far more effective there um, as opposed to a wide role. Um, For a guy like Perisic, you know, an aging player um, with fitness levels, I think uh, Hansi Flick used Perisic and got everything out of him um, in the win over Frankfurt that he wanted. You know, he just wanted him to come in, uh, give some of the other guys like Gnabry a rest, um, Perisic put in a decent shift. I thought I thought he worked really well with those overlapping runs with Davies, holding up the ball, finding Davies in a bit of space. Um, Davies using his pace, whipping in those crosses. A couple of them resulted in goals. The one uh, that kind of concerns me is, is Boateng. As much as I'm a fan of consistency and ebb and flow, especially with this back line that has just worked 
so incredibly well uh, for Hansi Flick. You know, there were a couple of recovery runs that Boateng made uh, toward, I would say, midway through the second half um, in the in the Frankfurt win, and he just didn't look the same. And, you know, I'm going to be refreshing the news and, and checking, you know, quite sporadically from today into uh, the build-up to their classicers. I'm not sure he's going to be 100% fit and healthy, and you have to question, you know, who's going to come in to his place is it going to be Hernandez because he was the one who came on for the like for like substitution uh, when Boateng was moving a little bit gingerly so you have to wonder if you take one piece out of that back four puzzle you know is it going to be able to operate the same way so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he's still healthy because I think you want to keep the back line as consistent as possible and I believe it was the same back line uh, that played today that beat Dortmund uh, earlier in the season but so I think it was just more about uh, giving the appropriate players the appropriate rest. Um, from what I understand, Tiago had a bit of an adductor issue, so that changes the co complexion of the midfield entirely. So I would expect him to slot back in against Borussia Dortmund, and that you know kind of uh, rearranges our midfield, so to speak, and makes everything tick. Finally, what I'm wondering is with Bayern's performances, one was unconvincing against Union Berlin. Today, it was a more convincing performance overall, despite the two goals that came from a bit of a brain fart the team had in the middle of the 50th minute mark. Um, did Bayern's performances inspire any reassurances for your, you guys for this coming match on Tuesday, or do you think Bayern is going to be woefully unprepared? I think that this this match in particular against Eintracht Frankfurt showed some creativity on offense that was lacking last week. And I know Union Berlin chose to sit back for the majority of the game and, and really muck the game up. But I saw much more movement today. And although you know all the decision-making and all of the precision wasn't quite the best it could be, there was at least some thought behind what they were doing. It was a much more aggressive approach. And that's what that's what I really wanted to see, regardless of whether they scored one goal or five goals. I wanted to see them pressing and I wanted to see them creating opportunities and putting a lot of pressure on that Frankfurt defense. And I was really happy to see that. And I think a lot of that uh, stemmed from the confidence that the team was able to have from the outset. Last week, they just didn't look that confident, but it was a completely different look today for players like Leon Goretzka. Uh, Thomas Muller was good both weeks, but he looked even more aggressive and assertive today. And Robert Lewandowski, I think last week, again, he was a player that wasn't bad last week, but today was definitely more looking to put his impact on the game. And I was really happy with what I saw. When, when Bayern is creative, they're very difficult to stop. When they are stagnant and almost lethargic offensively, it's really disappointing. And I thought that they settled for things against Union Berlin, where today they took the game to Frankfurt and created opportunities. That was the most important thing that I saw. And I really couldn't be more confident than I am heading into Tuesday's matchup. I think it's going to be a great showdown among two teams ready to trade haymakers. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think that uh, you know we're going to have some fun watching it. Yeah, I mean, if you um, compartmentalize and put aside Frankfurt's two goals, you know, due to a momentary lapse of concentration at the back for us, I thought there were a lot of things that Bayern did better than we did week one. As Chuck mentioned, the sharpness was, it just looked way significantly better, 
you know, the passing, the one twos, you know, the communication between who should be moving where, you know, in, in what circumstance. There didn't seem to be uh, as much of a lack of communication in the final third. Yes, it still could have improved, but I thought uh, at the very least we improved upon the decision making in the final third uh, from the Union Berlin match. Um, even though we were facing a bit different of an opponent, you know, they wanted to do different things. I think they uh, had more of a susceptibility to be a bit more open, especially as they started to press numbers forward. But again, you can give credit to Bayern for that, you know, being able to adapt uh, to how the game is going and being able to adapt to different tactics that different teams are going to um, throw at them. Um, and yes, uh, a slightly changed um excuse me, a slightly altered starting 11. So it's good to see that we can still be as productive um, even without our, you know, so-called full-strength starting 11. And what's interesting is I thought we were much better this game than against Union Berlin. I thought Dortmund were much better against Schalke than they were uh, against Wolfsburg. So it's interesting um, that they slightly dipped and we slightly improved uh, from match to match. But at the end of the day, it's Der Klassiker. Both teams are going to be 100% up for it. Even if we had lost uh, our opening two games, I would have no no doubt that we would show up ready to play Dortmund, You know, especially looking at a season like last season where we were um, and how desperately we needed a win against Dortmund in the Rook Runda um, and the result going the way it did. You know, We obviously were hyped for it, played as well as we can, and and absolutely battered them. So I think that both of these sides are going to be well up for it. I think they both know this is pretty much the match that could potentially decide the title. So no doubt in my mind, Hansi Flick will have the uh, the troops absolutely fired up for it, every bit of confidence, and I absolutely can't wait for uh, you know some 12.30 beers on a Tuesday afternoon. Gotta love that pandemic life. I can't wait either, and you will be able to watch us talk about all of those beers and more when we have our zoom call show which will be happening this which will be happening this match day so be sure to stay tuned for more information on that please be sure to like rate share subscribe and download us across all of the podcast platforms and we will see you later auf wiedersehen